has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we are discussing Star Wars, The Force Awakens. 2015, PG-13, 2 hours, 18 minutes. Directed by J.J. Abrams, also written by Lawrence Kasdan, J.J. Abrams, Michael Arnott, and characters based on George Lucas. Um, Michael Arnott, if you don't know who he is, he's a writer on Little Miss Sunshine, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, and Toy Story 3, among other things. Um, and of course, we know Lawrence Kasdan from the original Star Wars, as well as being a writer on Solo, um, and many other interpretations of Star Wars, uh, as well as... Uh, screenplay of what is it called Indiana Jones so Star Wars episode 7 was somewhat of a soft to hard reboot of the Star Wars franchise many people wanted to drop the franchise going into it other people wanted to to kind of gather the remnants of what they had finished and pick up the pieces since we had had the actors, Harrison Ford uh, and, uh, what's his name, Um, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, and the pretty abundant cast that was still alive at the point of the rebooting of this franchise. I don't know exactly how long they had been planning the reboot of the franchise, but it was very shortly after the uh, Disney acquired Star Wars uh, Lucasfilms that they were able to. Um, I don't know if they actually bought Lucasfilms or they bought all of um, Star Wars. I think it's they they did buy Lucasfilms. If if not, they bought the franchise um, titles. Maybe I'll go back and. Uh, do a little bit more research on the the legalities of it, but anyways, um, the Force Awakens was a movie I wanted to go back and rewatch since we had had the release of the Rise of Skywalker, the completion of this most recently recent completed trilogy. It goes uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, the Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and then Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. I don't know why I had to say Star Wars before, before all that. We all know what it is, but. Um, <laughs> The uh, Rise of Skywalker has a divisive, uh, polarizing story that not everyone is agreeing is, you know, a satisfying completion to the trilogy. I wanted to go back and check out The Force Awakens. And so this little bit of the beginning of the review will be uh, just discussing The Force Awakens. Then we're going to have a review uh, go into the spoilers of for the force awakens and then at the very end of this i'll kind of tack on a little bit of since we've seen the rise of sky the last jedi and the rise of skywalker opinions about that so it's going to be kind of a three-part review in whole i'll try not to ramble on too much because it's just me on the podcast and i don't like to singular views just going on forever and ever but you know if we have certain things that we want to talk about then let's definitely cover them so um, let me see what we have going on here with the synopsis. Okay, so I found the synopsis. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. EliasRoushMedia.com. Link in the description. Here's the, the synopsis for The Force Awakens. Three decades after the Empire's defeat, a new threat arises in the militant First Order. Defective Stormtrooper Finn and the Scavenger Ray are caught up in the Resistance's search for the missing Luke Skywalker. So, this stars Daisy Ridley as Ray, John Boyega as Finn, 
Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron, Donald Gleason, and among a wide range of uh, pretty extensive characters that you probably know from the previous Star Wars lore. I don't know exactly. I think it was Princess Leia and Harrison Ford were the two characters advertised for The Force Awakens. But, I mean, by now, it's uh, for over four years after, four years later, after everything's been completed. So we know everybody that's in the movie. But anybody that is just kind of coming to this after not knowing what's going on, um, I'll try to save some of the cameos in the spoiler section for you so that, you know, if you haven't seen the movie yet and you want to just hear what the review is without this spoiler uh, cameos, then I'll wait. So, Daisy Ridley as Ray. I had never seen nor heard of Daisy Ridley before this. Um, she's best well known for being an actress in the movie Scrawl and... She was in a couple of shorts before that, as well as one or two television shows, Youngsters, Casualty, Lifesaver, oh, sorry, that's a short, um, yeah, it, it looks like it was probably her biggest feature debut, and so her coming out as, as Ray and then going on to go into other things, uh, she was also in Murder, Murder on the Orient Express in 2017, so she's trying to... Uh, as well as Ophelia in 2018, and she was a voice in Peter Rabbit. She's definitely trying to explore other avenues than just Star Wars. So given that this is her first feature, um, I think, one, she's she's pretty damn amazing. Uh, it's one of her first major features. I'm not sure how big Scrawl was, but it looks like that was one of her first movies. Um but yeah, I think that the actress Daisy Ridley is phenomenal. She's an English actress, and she's only going to go up from here, I I hope. Um, the trilogy has, uh, as a whole, is kind of mixed, but uh, the based on the first movie, I think that she's going to have a strong career and a strong acting career. Um, John Boyega is another actor, two basically unknown actors the majority of the world had never heard of before starring in one of the, one of the, if not the most, uh, one of the biggest franchises of all time. So that's kind of a big deal. John Boyega, um, had had some critical acclaim from other hits such as, um, before what was it uh before the force awakens he was featured on looks like a mini series or a tv series on major laser that was in 2015 he was in a netflix looks like movie called imperial dreams television movie called the whale something called the half sun tv movie called my murder he was in a couple of other television movies and he was also in what a lot of people have heard and referred to as Attack the Block. It's a 2017 movie where he's, it's his first um, um, uh, acting debut as the character Moses. And uh, Attack the Block is a movie we've actually covered. I'm going to be bringing it down the pipe sometime soon, so keep an eye out for that. I might have a hidden link maybe for y'all talking about John Boyega's first uh, take. Sorry, his first, uh, you know, acting gig, and it was a major role, in, in my opinion. I think that he really held himself in that role. I would say probably led him to be to be the character he is in The Force Awakens. Um, Oscar Isaac, another uh, part of this, uh, I would say the dynamic of the Force Awake of the Force Awakens trilogy. He's kind of the third string hanging. And it's with good and bad intentions, in my opinion. Like, I personally really like Oscar Isaac, and in certain uh, you know scenarios, he's just he works to a T. I loved him in Ex Machina. I loved him in uh, 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 what else did I see him in? Uh, Spider Man into the Spider Spider Verse. What else did I see him in? Annihilation. Sorry, that was the movie I was trying to think of. Um, he he has a mixed range 
that he goes on, but once he has a good director and some good writing behind it, he really works. My problem with Oscar Isaac in this movie is he's a little bit under... Um, he's underserved a little bit. He kind of sets up the Finn character plotline in a way that makes it look like they're going to go off and have their own adventure and then pick up Ray on the way. That's not exactly what happens. It's more like it's an inter. It's like we enter the movie with uh, through um, Poe's uh, perspective and kind of that leads us into the Ray and Finn adventure. And you know. Uh, whether people like the fact that uh, Poe is a little bit underserved in this movie, um, if it works for some people, it works for don't. Uh, if it doesn't work for some people, then you know I understand. Um, this movie does have a little bit of that campiness uh, that Star Wars is known for in some of the earlier '70s trilogy. Um, you know, it is kind of you know don't be a nerf herder kind of thing. Um, the writing can kind of be a little campy a little bit goofy at some points but overall I thought it really was consistent with the tone of the original trilogy it doesn't reflect too much of the prequels in a way with the exception of some of the um maybe aesthetic but even then I still think the the effects and the way this looks and the way this flows and the way this movie overall is uh, complete feels as a whole I definitely feel that it uh it it works better, in my opinion, than this this singular Force Awakens movie works better than all of the prequels. Now I'm not sure about <laughs> the uh, this isn't a comparison or anything, but but uh, this singular movie is is very well done. So let me talk about a couple of good things. Just a short list that I happen to write down. Um, the music, it's kind of a revamp of the old trilogy. Obviously, we use, you know, the... You know, we, we, of course we get that. But we also get the new Ray theme, which is a take on an older theme. I'm not going to say any more than that. But um, the cinematography in that is uh, pretty amazing in this film. I think this is a great movie with in regards to the scale of what's going on in the movie there's several shots where you see uh you know ray sitting next to these sorry i had to look this up an ad at i i get all the damn the names confused so uh i ray is sitting next to massive destroyers star destroyers i believe at some point she's also sitting next to an ad at and just the scale and sheer, sheer size is worth the price of admission alone to watch this. It really evokes some nostalgia within just watching the marketing for it. I recall they kind of spoiled a couple of the cameos such as Harrison Ford being in the movie. But um, I will say the fact is, um, you know, there's tons of nostalgia, not just in the characters they're bringing back. But with the iconography that we stressed heavily in our podcast for the uh, Star Wars A New Hope, I, I'll link it down below. Um, but yeah, I really do think that J.J. Abrams, along with some of the, the cinematography crew, I don't know who the cinematographer is on here. Let me check real quick. Maybe you might know him. Um, Dan Mendel, who was responsible for being the cinematographer on... Uh, Star Trek, and he was also star uh, the, the same cinematographer for um, Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, I really do like the the look of this movie um, a lot better probably than the Rise of Skywalker, mostly because of the sheer size and the scale. A lot of the editing in this movie feels a little little bit more. Uh, not loose, but it doesn't feel quite as choppy. I felt like the Rise of Skywalker really needed to breathe. The Force Awakens, considering they're from the same director and whatnot. Um, yeah, I really did feel like J.J. Abrams had something kind of lightning in a bottle to be able to reboot this franchise with The Force Awakens. I you know, really give him credit, especially not just... I didn't feel like it was a complete resurface of A New Hope. I know it does get criticism for saying, oh, we got another Death Star, except it's this big. 
you know, it's 10 times bigger. It's like, okay, um, that's not exactly an interesting dynamic from the, the, the dark side of this. I, I do think that the movie does kind of lack a little bit in the, the dark side. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. Um, Ray is an interesting character because she is, you know, the, the the strong female in the series that's been lacking for I don't know six six movies. I, you know, Padme was somewhat of a strong female, but I don't really felt I don't really feel like we got to see her do all that much, if I remember that correctly, um, from the prequels. And Leia obviously is strong female. But we don't have, you know, tons of people surrounding her. We know there's, it's a, it's a universe, and the majority of it seemed to be focusing on men. So that's why I think it was important that we kind of had this focus around this character. Um, let me see what else. Um, I thought Finn was a a fun slash funny dynamic to add to this movie, and the chemistry. John Boyega and Daisy Ridley have on screen is is very good honestly and I love the enthusiasm Daisy Ridley exhibits throughout the the movie and and then John Boyega's kind of reaction um let me talk about a couple of the things I wasn't too crazy about the Force Awakens going back and rewatching it um before we jump in the spoiler section so we're still in the spoiler free section so you're still good um, helmets in this movie. Okay, so one of the characters I kind of forgot to uh, mention because he doesn't show up as one of the top build because I don't think he was, um, was uh, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. Um, Adam Driver was kind of an up-and-coming, you know, uh, star in 2014, 2013, and before he had featured in the 2015 role as Kylo Ren, he was in the movie um, This Is Where I Leave You, 2014, While We're Young, 2014, Hungry Hearts, 2014, The F Word, 2013, Tracks, 2013. Um, you know, he's been in, you know, Inside Lewin Davis, 2013, Bluebird, 2013, Lincoln, 2012. He has been in a lot of stuff. And he's also been featured in Girls. I'm not. I don't know if he was in there the entire time he was in the show Girls, but he was also in there. Um, and J. Edgar in 2011, as well as you know, one or two episodes of Law and Order. So the dude has gotten around when it comes to the acting gig, and he's fantastic, absolutely fantastic, in the new movie Marriage Story with uh, Scarlett Johansson in that as well. And they are an amazing couple in that. I'll just say that. Um, and the, you know, they, they have an amazing dynamic. And to be honest, this movie is underserving Adam Driver as an actor to probably a criminal degree in some point. I know, you know, there's going to be a, uh, a large sum of people that are going to say, no, 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 he was great. He was awesome. He was great. You know, um, I don't deny that his performance was good. Most of my personal opinion and criticism with the character has to do with this the fact that it seems underwritten and over uh, you know underserved he's he's under a mask for the majority of the movie and i don't you know i don't think that's a spoiler um but it's hard to emote under a mask especially if it's with someone we don't really resi resonate and we're not going along the journey with them so i'll do the comparison to the Mandalorian like everyone else has been talking about recently and the Mandalorian is a character that does not remove his mask he's gone over half the season and not removed his mask so you have to have either a really compelling mask like such as the Darth Vader performance and uh, you know everything that went into the Darth Vader performance I, I've gone like two podcasts and forgotten his name but so I finally found his name. Everybody knows the, the voice of Darth Vader, but the body of uh, Darth Vader was performed by David Prowse. And he's currently 84 years old right now, but he is six foot six. So not only is this guy, you know, 
got a really dope helmet, has an awesome voice to accompany it. He's got this breathing apparatus that's kind of going, you know, he's breathing while he's, you know, that was a horrible impression, but you know, he's, he's got this breathing apparatus about him. He's got so many, he's got a badass blade. He can, he's really powerful. He's got the dark side. There's so many different cool things along with the direction that goes along with it. It is an awesome character and it's all those dynamics that really complete who Darth Vader is. And so with Adam Driver, you know, in comparison to Darth Vader, we don't see Darth Vader's helmet off like at all. So unless you're talking about the prequels, which we're not, we're just talking about the, the original trilogy. The character is still compelling. I find Adam Driver's Kylo Ren's character not even, you know, a fraction as compelling, to be honest. <laughs> it, uh, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to explain it exactly, except that he just doesn't seem to. Well, he definitely had. He doesn't have the voice, so that's one thing Darth had. He doesn't have the cool breathing. That's another. He seems to be powerful for absolutely reasons we we don't really understand, and I don't feel like get a great explanation or. Ex I'd say they don't get an explanation in this movie, um, to that degree that we need. So he's just this OP character that comes out of nowhere. You know, he's over overpowered um and yes you can say ray is over op as well um we can touch on that later um other than that i do feel that adam driver is underserved and seeing how great of an actor he is in other things and with a, a really good director and writer that goes hand in hand and just take away the special effects he doesn't need it he's a fantastic actor so um yeah, what else do we have going on for this cast? Um, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. I really was kind of in the dark about Carrie Fisher as an actress. I didn't realize that she was kind of kind of underserved after Star Wars. There, I might go, be going out on a limb right now, but I do feel like there's some sort of quote-unquote Star Wars curse that happens when you get involved in the franchise i feel like this it's like a machine that just chews you up gives you everything you want and then spits you out and you just hate it because it's felt like so many people have so many feelings about the franchise and it's become so ingrained in our culture and 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 who we are as people like i was listening to the unspooled podcast with paul Shear, and he was just talking about you know uh you know I remember, you know, learning about the Force and Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker before I even knew what the Bible was. And if you think about that in proximity to brand recognition, that is amazing. Like for for you to be able to, you know, to hit that young demographic and it not be especially made for that young demographic. You know, it's not uh, uh, Paw Patrol or something like that. It's not Blue's Clues or whatever the, the babies are watching. You know, uh, being a four-year-old and being able to resonate with a brand or, you know, with a mythology, a non-existent mythology is amazing. And also for the spectrum to go that wide, you know, being no matter if you're four years old and enjoying it or if you're 40 years old and enjoying it, it is just amazing on that level of feature. So, yeah, let me, you know, wind it back to Princess Leia and Carrie Fisher's career. Um, I was kind of in the dark about her her career before all, you know, the, the original trilogy and I uh haven't really talked too much about it. She was in a lot of TV movies and uh, a movie called Shampoo in 1975. Television movies Leave Yesterday Behind. She was in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, Lord. She was in the Blues Woman. She Sorry, she was the uh, Blues Brothers. And she went on to go into be in Under the Rainbow. She went in to go into be in uh, 1984's Garbo Talks. The Man with One Red Shoe, uh, Hannah and Her Sisters, Hollywood Vice Squad, you know, a lot of stuff I really am not familiar with, and the more I keep on, Loverboy, I think I've heard of that maybe in 89, maybe The Burbs in 89 as well, um, When Harry Met Sally, okay, so that was a movie that I'm way more familiar with, but she wasn't even the main uh, character in that from what I can tell, didn't see that, but I heard about it, um, 
but yeah, Carrie Fisher should have gone on to, you know, be in much bigger films in, in a way. I'm not sure if it was because she wanted to or because she didn't. But um, I want to say that, you know, Star Wars had an effect on it, um, give or take, you know, the positive aspect, positive or negative aspects of it. Um, Harrison Ford, as we know, um, went on to, you know, complete, uh, what was it? Let me see what in proximity it was. Okay, so he was in Empire Strikes Back. Let me, hold on, I'm backing up a little bit more. Um, for, so most people know that he was uh, kind of a television actor. He would just kind of hop on one or two shows. Uh, Iron Ironside, Bob Squad, the FBI, um, stuff like that. And then he was on like an episode or two of Gunsmoke. You know, really small stuff. Um, but then he went on to appear in American Graffiti in 73 and that's actually a movie I have not seen it's kind of a blind spot in my uh, history and then he went on to go from American Graffiti he went on to go into uh, eventually he went into A New Hope in 77 and then after that Hanover Street 79 Apocalypse Now he was in that 79 uh, Empire Strikes Back 1980 and then he went on in between that and the third movie Han Solo was uh, featured in Raiders of the Lost Ark as uh, 1981 and then after the third movie of Star Wars he had the the, the franchise going so um, he starred in the year after um, the Return of the Jedi in 1984 Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom. So he, you know, Han Solo had Han Solo. Harrison Ford had one really big major. You know, he had a lot of small roles, and then he had one major franchise with Star Wars. And then before that franchise was up, he knew he had to set up another franchise, which uh, apparently Spielberg and I believe George Lucas had the idea down in Hawaii. Um, George, um, we um kind of thinking about um a guy named Indiana Jones, and uh, I'm not exactly sure how it came about, but I think they were traveling in Hawaii during what I believe uh, this is from the Paul Shear podcast. Uh, unspooled. I think what they said was, uh, the the two Spielberg and George Lucas decided you know, to create, or they did create Indiana Jones while A New Hope was being, um, was being shown and screened because a lot of people, because they didn't believe that the movie was going to be a hit. Um, so that, that's the funny thing about it. So, you know, if they would have thought it would have been a hit, you know, we might not have gotten Indiana Jones. So we all know, uh, Harrison Ford went on to become, you know, an absolute movie star, one of the most paid actors in Hollywood, highest paid actors in Hollywood. Um, but he on, went on to complete the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in 1989 and uh, went on to go in Patriot Games, Fugitive, you know, uh, Air Force One, uh, Hollywood Homicide, unfortunately, <laughs> The Crystal Skull in 2008. And uh, he's also been in a couple movies, Extraordinary Measures recently, Morning Glory, Cowboys, Aliens, 42, Paranoia, Endgame. You know, he's he's in, he's still in major movies today and a working actor. So it's pretty amazing to see what he's doing. Um, that's enough of Han Solo's career, but we, uh, sorry, Harrison Ford. It's Harrison Ford's career. But overall, we're here to talk about Star Wars and, you know, what's going on with it. Uh of course, we have uh, Andy Serkis as Supreme Later Snark, and he does a good a good a good idea. He does a good job with what he's given, but you know, once again, I do think the bad guys, the bad side, the dark side, is underserved. Um, let me th- see anything else that we want to talk about. Um, let's hop into the spoiler section now because I think we've kind of done enough back. Um, backlogging about this movie and the history of the people that are involved in this and um, ultimately we okay so we're in the spoiler section for um, Force Awakens 
Wow, this is a little bit longer than I was gonna, I was expecting. So, I really like the beginning of this this movie. The way it sets up, the you know the fast pace, the way in, all of the Poe's story is introducing uh, Finn's story, and then Finn's story bumps into Ray's story, and then the, it all jumbles together, kind of like a snowball effect. Um, I do feel like um, Poe is definitely underserved when he's taken under in the in the sand. And uh, then it's left to just Finn, uh, for Finn and Ray to kind of explore and, you know, do whatever they need to do to find Luke Skywalker. It does kind of feel like a fetch quest a little bit in a way, you know, got to do this to find that, to do this, to do that, to find that, to do this, you know, and it is a little bit of a nostalgia rem- remember this fest a little bit once it comes down to you know somehow we're, we wind up back in the Millennium Falcon and the one place that they dock is the one place that uh, you know that takes them in is the one place that Han Solo and Chewbacca happen to be in it is extremely coincidental in this quote unquote massive universe um, so my problems with this movie kind of come from I, you know, I see Finn as a character and he comes out and he's a stormtrooper and he's upset after one time they go to battle. And it's to me, it's very unclear that that was either his first time or was it his 300th time? And who did he lose? We don't care about the person he lost. Um, I believe this is another movie that is has exploding planets in it. And we we don't care about anyone on the planets um you know we we complain about that in star wars a new hope and they didn't learn that again in this so um you can't if you have a massive cataclysmic fictional event and you have a bunch of people on the planet that all we do is see scream and suffer or whatever it's not you know, it doesn't resonate with us. It's like, oh, that sucks. But you know what? I don't really know anybody there. <laughs> so it's like, did we lose any of the main characters? And you know, no. So that kind of thing. So uh, let me. Um, so we get Harrison Ford in this movie. It's you know, I didn't want to kind of skip over that. We did have a, kind of a big section of that, but having Harrison Ford ground the team and the crew once the movie is going and Poe and you know Poe's already kind of out of the picture Finn's already caught up with Ray and the fact that they're together means that the stormtroopers are coming after them and they don't know that they need the the information that's in BB-8 and BB-8 has the information I guess that you know takes them to Luke Skywalker that R2 needs or something like that um it it is a little bit uh quote unquote you know like video gamey you know it feels kind of like a fetch quest in a minute gotta do this to do that to unlock this to do that um out of the three movies as a trilogy i I guess i'll talk a little bit more about that in the the next section we'll do um but yeah this movie still works the best in my opinion give or take the the dark side snoke is a one note character. I, you know, we don't even see him in this movie, but other than like a hologram and just, you know, voices and whatnot. Um, Kylo Ren, we find out his name's Ben Solo and he happens to be, you know, the son of Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. Sorry, not, not real life. Sorry. He's the son of, uh, Han Solo and Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia. Sorry, I said Carrie Fisher again. Princess Leia and Han Solo. And, and the the fact is, I don't really buy them as a cohesive family. Like, they very much feel like the product of, like, a divided family or a family that was never together. Um, Harrison Ford does a lot to bring the gravitas. And, you know... Uh, Adam Driver at the time I didn't believe him but now I do he can really bring the you know the acting chops too the thing is the character of Kylo Ren is so underserved in my opinion it's just almost a waste it, it's not a waste it's it's it just needed more time to pan out honestly it just has so many of these dense rich characters that need more time that's what it comes down to for me personally um 
music, cinematography, like I said, all of that's beautiful. The the space battles are are coherent in this. It's not crazy nonsense. Um, some like the other movies have featured. Um, Death Star number two, I guess. You know, it it's not as satisfying seeing Death Star number two. Kind of, you know, come to that. It's a little bit. Eh. Um, it's like, oh, we did it again. <laughs> so it's uh, it's one of those things. Um, it does suck that we lost Han Solo. It, 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 you know, it makes sense that, you know, Ben would probably kill him. Um, I don't want Han Solo to come back in some sort of crazy way. Um, you know, don't give him spider legs and bring him back and say he, you know, he was all good. Don't, don't be doing any of that. Um, you know, it's ballsy for them to take someone big off the map, especially that we've grown up with. You know, for almost forty years, when it when this had come out, it, it was uh, probably a little closer to thirty, a little late thirty, almost forty years. So, um, yeah, let me see what else I need to discuss about this movie. Um, Ray slightly op doesn't do terribly a lot of training, and she's pretty good with the lightsaber. You know, she she knows what she's doing, and she can take on one of the strongest. Uh, antagonists that are you know presented in all of star wars pretty much immediately and also finn looks like he's got somewhat of the force with him as well and some of this he's wielding a lightsaber and we see some uh, some of the best uh lightsaber battling i'd say in the prequels sorry in the prequels in the uh in 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 this uh force awakens uh sequels i think this has some of the best um, let me see what else we need to cover about this before we get into the final section that I want to talk about. We'll, we'll be able to talk about all three of the movies. Um, I think that is about it. You know, Star Wars has always been a creature feature with amazing visuals and special effects. And, it, you know, this movie obviously delivers on all of that. It does play it a tad safe in some areas for some, you know, for me personally, I think they're needs to be a little bit more explanation on some of these backstories. They can't just turn light to good, good to bad, just off of one or two conversations. It almost does need some of this, you know, backstory or just a little bit more time to flesh out. Um, like I said, Avengers Endgame was three hours, and if they're able to sustain my entertainment for three hours, uh, you know, give me something for two hours and 40 minutes and make every second count because this universe... <clears throat> excuse me this universe requires it you know it it needs that uh long time stamp and the majority of these movies are under two hours and 30 minutes i think they're all under two hours and 30 minutes now that i think about it and uh you know what make every second count so let me find yeah yeah even the the final one in the trilogy Rise of Skywalker is only two hours and twenty-two minutes, um, and I think Last Jedi was definitely oh two hours and thirty-one minutes. So yeah, that one that one utilized as much time as it could. So one more character I did not really discuss about, and this is the character of Luke Skywalker. I think he's in it for maybe less than two minutes. Mark Hamill features as Luke Skywalker reprising his role. Um, he was not featured at all through the uh, prequels. Neither was Leia, nor was Han. So, to have them back is a big fucking deal. And to have Mark Hamill back as Luke Skywalker is a big fucking deal. Now, what do they do with it? Well, they took him out to a really, really dope-looking island and had him kind of hanging out there almost as if it was like what Yoda was doing and uh, it was an Empire and then Return of the Jedi. So he's, he's kind of hanging out. He's hanging loose. The whole, entire movie is about where's Luke Skywalker, you know, what, you know what's he doing. And we get that answer, we get about half that answer about the last two minutes of the movie. And it's Ray, 
passing his lightsaber to him. And then he's, you know, taking off the hood dramatically. Both hands, because that's how you need to take off the hood. And just seeing the iconography of Luke Skywalker gives you, gives me personally, shivers down my spine. You know, he is an iconic character that the majority of us have grown up with. You know, our folks grew up with him. Uh, you know, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, nieces, whatever. Uh, the families have grown up with him. Um, I don't know if, you know, many grandparents are into Star Wars as much, but definitely our folks. And, you know, us as people are, some of us listening are parents, and we're showing Star Wars to our kids. And so it becomes kind of like, you know, this domino effect. And so having this character of Luke Skywalker is a powerful image, and so you got to use it wisely. The way The Force Awakens uses it, is you know very sparingly very you know using um mostly just whispers about you know where is luke skywalker and to be honest <clears throat> we'll never know exactly what jj abrams had in mind for a sequel for this movie give or take your opinions on the last jedi um it is completely different for better or for worse written by ryan johnson and the character may not be what you always expected or it might be exactly what you expected but regardless i think it does have some of the most interesting iconography uh in visuals the last jedi does and i'll talk a little bit more about my opinions on the last jedi the rise of skywalker and The Force Awakens as um, we hop into the next section of the podcast. Okay, so this is the third section of the podcast where we really get to talk about the sequels um, as a whole. The, you know, the Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker all combined together. So... I kind of got the majority of my feelings out on how I felt about this uh, trilogy in the Rise of Skywalker review. Um, the Rise of Skywalker ends up bringing back Palpatine. We find out why Rey is so OP. She ends up being Palpatine's daughter, that type of thing. Um, and yeah, it's it's something that everyone had in mind it was Ray's lineage Ray's parentage Ray's you know where's she from and she has flashbacks in this movie you know there's you know bits sprinkled in and she's extremely powerful with a lightsaber you know she probably would have killed Kylo Ren if that stupid Deus Ex earthquake didn't come out of nowhere and break them in half with a big old crack um down the middle i was like what the hell so um anyways we'll never know exactly what jj abrams had in mind for you know the sequel for this movie but we do know how he wrapped it up and it was a combination of picking up the pieces of the force awakens and the last jedi the difference in the two, from what I can tell, I haven't gone back and rewatched The Last Jedi. I'm, I do plan on doing it. Um, and the the main difference, I if I can remember correctly, is basically who Rey is trying to identify with and where she belongs. The majority of the films are asking, you know, her identity and, you know, where she comes from and her lineage, that type of thing. And it's really an internal struggle for finding out who she is and where she belongs. And the problem is with the trilogy is that J.J. Abrams believes she belongs in the mythology of the, of the original Skywalker series. And Ryan Johnson says, I don't believe so. You know, I think that she she's from outside of that universe and that's how I'm going to write it. And those two feelings led to almost having two 
movies that were introducing our characters, almost reintroducing our characters. So it was almost two starter films. And then once we got to The Rise of Skywalker, it ended up becoming an amalgamation of both of the movies trying to pick up the pieces of what J.J. Abrams originally wanted to do versus what what Ryan Johnson ended up executing versus, you know, the production heads at Disney. So there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen going on for the direction of this trilogy. And, you know, if, you know, if you've seen all the movies and you know what it's like, what, you know, what the journey is going to be, was it worth it? I'd say, yeah, of course. I think this is a great revitalization of the uh, films, but you know what? I'm ready for them to just pump out stuff more like the Mandalorian, explore the world I don't need a Star Wars movie every year. You know what? I think it was at 2015 they were deciding that they need a Star Wars movie every year, and then they realized that that's just not sustainable. Having you know movies such as Rogue One with tremendous amounts of reshoots, uh, Solo, tons of reshoots again. Had fucking Ron Howard come in and try to fix everything. Um, now that I think about it, you know. A lot of movies do get reshoots, but especially Star Wars and having to reshoot in some of these places with some of these directors and high paid actors, it's expensive. And so it becomes much more of an investment than what most of these companies are wanting to do. And you don't personally, I don't think you need to spend all that much money. I I, I really do think that, you know, a smaller budget uh, Star Wars would lead to more creative writing. And so, in you know, being able to work on a, a tighter, you know, budget leads to having to think outside the box. And so I'm ready for more Star Wars just outside of the Skywalker saga, knowing how everything ends. You know, Kylo ending up just kind of being half-ass redeemed somehow at the end. I just didn't believe it. Um needed some more he has a great scene with that's kind of a repeat scene in the force awakens of his memory of his dad before he you know he falls it's uh, a a great way to kind of anchor you back in the first movie from the rise of skywalker the thing is not having carrie fisher in the last movie is extremely difficult i think she passed away somewhere at the finishing ends of the Last Jedi, and the majority of us, everyone was thinking that she's not going to be in The Rise of Skywalker at all, but evidently what they used was scenes that they didn't use in The Force Awakens and a couple of extra bonus scenes, and they definitely used some CGI in some parts, um, but they kind of wrote around her scenes, and... I don't fault them in The Rise of Skywalker for that. You know, it's got to be one of the the most tremendous challenges to have to write around an actor that is no longer there and be extremely, you know, highly respectful of it and as well. So, I, you know, I don't envy that task. Um, it's, it's just a difficult thing to do. It was, for me, it seemed very clear that they wanted to have a quote-unquote... Uh, sacrifice or a, a major death in each film the first one being Harrison Ford second one being Luke third one being Leia and the th final movie was going to be Leia's and in a way the focus was on Leia it was just in a way that she couldn't interact with unfortunately and uh yeah the um there's a kiss between uh Kylo or Ben Solo whatever the hell his name is at that point and I was just like, I don't, you know what, rewatching the beginning of uh, The Force Awakens, they had zero chemistry when it come, came down to the uh, zero sexual chemistry is what I was gaining. It was only in The Last Jedi when they came to be, you know, some sort of force connected in a way. I mean, they definitely have the force connection in this movie in a way they can sort of uh, kind of hear each other's thoughts in a way. Is, is, is that what I'm... Through some sort of connections and whatnot. Um, but each movie kind of takes that force abilities and vamps them up a little bit more each time. And so that's 
you know, that's that's an aspect about the movies that's kind of interesting, but they don't really explain it. You know, uh, not everything needs to be explained, but just something I noticed. Um, so yeah, maybe the Last Jedi is the movie that really ups the steam on uh, the Kylo Ren. I know there's a shirtless scene in the Last Jedi, and it was just like this feels extremely gratuitous just to have. Ray just chilling with Kylo Ren in his room. It just didn't make sense why that would happen. So, uh, hmm. Mixed feelings, mixed feelings on this. So, I did give it an 8 out of 10 because of the um, job it did. It's a safe 8, but um, I would like for them to expand outside the bounds of that. So, yeah, that is The Force Awakens. 2015, directed by J.J. Abrams. Thank you for watching the Lugdahl Podcast. We will be doing one last review on The Last Jedi because I am a need, I'm an OCD completist and I need to have all three of them under my belt. And I saw it in theaters and I remember having slightly mixed opinions. You know, it looked dazzling, but I really got to go back and kind of give it that critical eye, give it that critical review. Maybe I did hate it. Maybe I did love it. You know what? I don't know. I need to go back and uh, check it out. I, I don't want this to be, you know, a, a bashing session or anything like that. So if you're in the comment section, I want you to be extremely respectful. If I got anything wrong, please, you know, just, you know, put the timestamp. Say, oh, slight correction there. Oh, thank. Just stopping by. Bye. And you know, hang in and peace. But. Uh, or sub to the channel. Check it out. You know what? You know what? I would much rather you sub so you can help us out with the more additional content so that I make sure I get all the ATSTs and the AT-ATs and the R2-D2s and the CP3s all correct and the walk-walks and the E-walks and the Wookiees and the whatever the fucks. So, you know, it's like a fucking whole... It's a whole nother language. It's a whole new world, uh, you know, discussing Star Wars. And so that's why it's always uh, a major task. So, um, yeah, besides uh, the reviews we got coming out, um, I would recommend The Toys That Made Us. Uh, I haven't done a podcast on this, actually, but there's a Toys That Made Us Star Wars um, on Netflix. It is a television show that just kind of talks about kind of the toys that are involved. They're, they're from the movies and you know how the toys influence the movies and vice versa is very interesting just fascinating information so check all those out so a little bit of television goodness for you right there um thank you for listening to the luck doll podcast we cannot do this without you the listener watching whatever you're doing youtube twitch facebook instagram twitter all the good popular social media stuff you know we're chilling on it we on that we we on that we are on the soundcloud check us out on there apple itunes overcast podcasts all over the place it's like rate share subscribe couldn't do it without you paypal.me look at all pod slash look at all podcast paypal.me slash look at all podcast for all donations thank you for listening may the force be with you oh